Sego Tanze, and welcome to Indigenous Land Rights and Reconciliation, a podcast presenting six panel presentations from the Indigenous Land Rights and Reconciliation Workshop hosted at Queen's University in September of 2019. Queen's University is situated on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee lands. To acknowledge this traditional territory is to recognize its longer history, one predating the establishment of the earliest European colonies. It is also to acknowledge this territory's significance for the Indigenous peoples who lived and continue to live upon it, a people whose practices and spiritualities were tied to the land and continue to develop in relationship to the territory and its other inhabitants today. We honour the land and our ancestors with the language of the First Peoples and offer a traditional greeting. We are grateful to have had Ganoshuni Janice Hill, Director of Indigenous Initiatives at Queen's University, join us in what would be a rich two days of discussion on the normative and ontological considerations that underlie Indigenous land claims, relationships to the land, and the processes of reconciliation. The following welcome was offered by Ganoshuni Janice Hill, to begin and guide our discussions on September 2019. <laughs> Aguego Unska, Andidwa Wait Nuni, Ne Ungwa Nigura Dano De Tiruanu Hurado, Ne Onunquasuma, Togadi, Nayotu, Ungwa Nigura. Aguego Unska, Andidwa Wait Nuni, Ungwa Nigura Dano De Tinuarado, Ne Dunhequa, Togadi, Nayotu, Ungwa Nigura. Aguego Unska, Andidwa Wait Nuni, Ne Ungwa Nigura, Dano Deatin Orado, Ne Oji Nua Sua, Togadi, Nayotu, Ungwa Nigura. Aguego Unska, Andidwa Wait Nuni, Ne Ungwa Nigura, Dano Deatin Orado, Ne Ogwere Sua, Togadi, Nayotu, Ungwa Nigura. Aguego Unska, Andidwa Wait Nuni, Ne Ungwa Nigura, Dano De Chidwanu Horado, Ne Gayeri Nigawarage. Togadi Nayotu Ungwa Nigura. Aguego Unska, and Didwat Wait Nuni, Ne Ungwa Nigura, Dano de Atinuarado, Ne Yonki, Sotogun Radi Weres, Togadi Nayotu Ungwa Nigura. Aguego Unska, and Didwat Wait Nuni, Ne Ungwa Nigura, Dano de Chidwanu Hurado, Ne Sungwa Gia, Dokaneka Garakwa, Togadi Nayotu Ungwa Nigura. Aguego Unska, and Didwat Wait Nuni, Ne Ungwa Nigura, Dano, De Atinorado, Ne Ojisto Quasuna, Gigarunyage, Togadi, Nayotu, Ungwa Nigura. Aguego Unska, and Didwat Wait Nuni, Ne Ungwa Nigura, Dano, De Chidwenu Horado, Ne Sungwa Adison, Togadi, Nayotu, Ungwa Nigura, Onatoniore, Wagaitni, Toga Otena, Sungate Nigorho, Ize Nee, Yezewata. Sundero, Dano Scott Nigura, Gunhak, Dano, Joni Yohak, Tono, Tonio, Dunhak, Nezewat Nigura. <laughs> this is why I write it down. <laughs> <clears throat> Greetings and peace to all of you. Welcome. I respectfully ask that you please listen for a short time as I share the words that come before all others, as we were instructed to do at the beginning of time. Our instructions were to acknowledge and give thanks each day for all that has been provided for us. 
Today we have gathered and we see that the cycles of life continue. We have been given the duty to live in balance and harmony with each other and all living things. So now we bring our minds together as one as we give greetings and thanks to each other as people. We are all thankful to our mother, the earth, for she gives us all that we need for life. She supports our feet as we walk about upon her. It gives us joy that she continues to care for us and love us unconditionally as she has since the beginning of time. To our mother, we send greetings and thanks. We give thanks to all the waters of the world for quenching our thirst and providing us with strength. Water is life. We know its power in many forms, waterfalls and rain, mists and streams, rivers and oceans. The waters continue to follow their original instructions, and so with one mind we send greetings and thanks to the water. We turn our minds to all the fish life in the water. They were instructed to cleanse and purify the water. They also give themselves to us as food. We are grateful that they continue to follow their original instructions and we can still find pure water. So we turn now to the fish and send our greetings and thanks. Now we turn toward the vast fields of plant life. As far as the eye can see, the plants grow, working many wonders. They sustain many life forms. With our minds gathered together, we give greetings and thanks to the plant life. With one mind, we turn to honor and thank all the food plants we harvest from the garden. Since the beginning of time, the grains, vegetables, beans, and berries have helped the people survive. We particularly acknowledge and thank the corn, beans, and squash, our sustenance, the three sisters. They continue to follow their original instructions, and so we offer them our greetings and thanks. Now we turn to all the medicines of the world. From the beginning, they were instructed to take away sickness. They are always waiting and ready to heal us. We are happy there are still among us those few special people who remember how to use these plants for healing. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to the medicines and their keepers. We gather our minds together to send greetings and thanks to all the four-legged, the animal life in the world. We pay particular attention to the deer as the leader of the animals, who gives of himself so that we may survive. <clears throat> he teaches us about sacrifice. We are glad they are still here, and so we offer them our greetings and thanksgiving. We now turn our thoughts to the trees. The earth has many families of trees, each with their own instructions and uses. Some provide us with shelter and shade, wood for heat, others with fruit, beauty, and other useful things. We acknowledge the maple as the leader of the trees, for they bring the first medicine in the spring. Many people of the world use a tree as a symbol of peace and strength. With one mind, we offer our greetings and thanksgiving to the tree life. We put our minds together as one and thank all the birds who move and fly about over our heads. The Creator gave them beautiful songs. Each day they remind us to enjoy and appreciate life. The eagle was chosen to be their leader because they can fly the highest and see the furthest. To all the birds, from the smallest to the largest, we send our joyful greetings and thanksgiving. We are all thankful to the powers we know as the four winds. We hear their voices in the moving air as they refresh us and purify the air we breathe. They help to bring the change of seasons. From the four directions they come, bringing us messages and giving us strength. With one mind, we send our greetings and thanks to the four winds. 
Now we turn to the west, where our grandfathers, the thunder beings, live. With lightning and thundering voices, they bring with them the water that renews life. <clears throat> we bring our minds together as one to send greetings and thanks to our grandfathers, the thunderers. We now send greetings and thanks to our eldest brother, the sun. Each day without fail, he travels the sky from east to west, bringing the light of a new day. He's the source of all the fires of life. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our brother, the sun. We put our minds together to give thanks to our oldest grandmother, the moon, the, who lights the nighttime sky. She's the leader of women all over the world, and she governs, governs the movement of the ocean tides. By her changing face, we measure time, and it is the moon who watches over the arrival of children here on Earth. She lets us know when it's time to plant, to harvest, and to have our ceremonies. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our grandmother, the moon. We give thanks to the stars who are spread across the nighttime sky like jewelry. We see them in the night, helping the moon to light the darkness and bringing dew to the gardens and growing things. When we travel at night, they guide us home. <clears throat> With our minds gathered together as one, we send greetings and thanks to the stars. We gather our minds to greet and thank the enlightened teachers who've come to help throughout the ages. When we forget how to live in harmony, they remind us of the way we were instructed to live as people. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to these caring teachers. Now we turn our thoughts to the creator of all things, Sungwayat Dison, and send greetings and thanks for all the gifts of creation. Everything we need to live a good life is here on this Mother Earth. We have been given the gift of this day, another day to breathe the air and to see the beauty all around us. For all the love that is still around us, we gather our minds together as one and send our choicest words of greeting and thanks to the Creator. We have now arrived at the place where we end our words. Of all the things we have named, it is not my intention to leave anything out. If something was forgotten, I leave it to each of you individually to send such greetings and thanks in your own way, in your own heart, in your own mind. It's my responsibility to acknowledge and give thanks to all the elements of creation. This is our original instructions as unguehunwe, as human beings, given to us at the beginning of time, and so now that has been done. Now we've opened the day. Let our minds be appreciative. The words that come before all others have been said, and we can all focus on the reason that we've gathered here today. If any of you are carrying burdens, I invite you to leave them at the door for the time that we've gathered together. You may choose to pick them up on your way out if you want, but I suggest leaving them there. We'll take care of them. <clears throat> Ne agate ni stoha, Dono Lennox Hill goha, Rumwyatz, ne ragetni. Wagenyatu, Ganyunke haga, ni wagwen hoju, Gundege, ni de wagenu, Gundege gunagare. Ganoshuni, she is making a house, is what they call me. My traditional name given to me by a turtle clan mother in consultation with my sisters. My deceased mother is Catherine Brandt, and my deceased father is Lennox Hill. He was Wolf Clan. I am Turtle Clan of the Mohawk Nation, and I'm from Gundege, and that is where I live. You might know it as Tayendinega. <laughs> In a more formal introduction, I would continue on to tell you about my family, my children, my grandchildren, who my grandparents are, 
and so on and so on. That might take a long time. <laughs> so for today, I will say that both of my parents and all of my grandparents, at least six generations back, are Ganyong Kehaga. It is customary and respectful that before I address a group, I place myself in relation to who I am within my family, clan, and nation. It's important that I position myself so that you know where I am speaking from, what informs me, and where I am in relation to you and this land that we stand on today. I'm also a clan mother in our longhouse and thereby carry responsibilities to my clan family, our nation, and the Rodenoshone or Iroquois people, Confederacy. I believe it is important to acknowledge and pay respect to ancestral and traditional territories and local indigenous communities as Margaret has done. By doing so, we honor our indigenous ancestors and the current stewards of the land and speak to our personal, spiritual, political, and social relationships with the land and each other. To be meaningful and respectful, a territorial acknowledgement needs to be intentional. This is a time to give thanks. Consider our individual and collective role in the stewardship of Mother Earth and in building relationships between Indigenous peoples and communities and the rest of the country and the Earth. I would encourage all of you to consider the land we stand on today and think about how you are in relationship with it. I am also the Associate Vice Principal, Indigenous Initiatives and Reconciliation here at Queen's University. It's my responsibility to work towards the implementation of the recommendations from our Truth and Reconciliation Task Force report, which was completed in 2017, and to encourage further work on decolonization, indigenization, and reconciliation across our campus. In my culture, women are the keepers of the land. Ours is the responsibility to hold and care for and protect the land for the coming faces. The land belongs to them and those who will come after them. Similarly, in decision-making, we are instructed to ensure <clears throat> that decisions we make take into consideration the next seven generations. Are we ensuring our decisions won't adversely affect our children and theirs and theirs seven generations into the future? We are also instructed to remember our ancestors seven generations in the past, and remember all that they did to ensure we are still here on our land and remembering who we are and where we come from. As a Mohawk woman, in conversation with other Mohawk women, one of our main concerns is the health of the people, which is directly linked to the health of the land. In many of our communities, the land is sick from development and resource extraction, pesticides and insecticides. As women, we are responsible for the social fabric of our communities, yet how do we ensure the health and well-being of our people when our land itself is sick? All the work I do here at the university, in my community, and within my nation is informed by who I am. This is what guides my decision-making. I view the focus of my work regarding reconciliation to be about land, language, and kinship. Colonization, decolonization, resurgence, reconciliation, it is and always will be about the land. I'm very honored to be here today to take part in this dialogue, and I'm interested in hearing what all of our esteemed colleagues have to share with us. 
I believe it is only through open and honest dialogue and a good mind that we may identify solutions and a way forward together. So on behalf of the Office of Indigenous Initiatives, I welcome you to Queen's University and to this conference. On behalf of my ancestors, our men, women, warriors, children, faith keepers, and leadership, clan mothers, I welcome you to this land. Historically and traditionally, it is the custom that when visitors came to our lands, they would stop at the boundary and light a fire to indicate that they were there and wished to enter. A delegation would be sent to see who had lit the fire and determine if they would be invited in. If so, they would be invited to come in and the protocol would then be to formally welcome them, brush the dust off from the tra their travel, feed them, and once rested and fed, ask what their business or message was. I have been instructed that the most important thing in our customs and protocols is our words. The words we share and pass across to each other, indicating our relationships and respect in moving forward together. Our words are sacred because we share our life's breath to share them. That is why it is wise to choose good words and speak them with a good mind. Protocol also determines that we share food and that gifting takes place between us to validate the words we have shared. So symbolically, I brush the dust from all of you who have traveled to be here today, and I trust that you have had rest and sustenance since arriving. We will be sharing food today and the gift of our collective knowledge on the matters of importance that we have gathered to discuss. So once again, welcome to Queens, welcome to this land, and I hope and trust you will have an enlightening and enjoyable time together. Thank you, friends, for your kind attention. Once again, we would like to thank Janice Hill for offering these words of welcome. Questions of land rights are at the root of most current conflicts between Indigenous peoples and the wider state. In many cases, competing conceptions of the land and authority over the land intersect with conflicts around resource extraction, the terms of consultation and consent, and the political status of Indigenous peoples. Yet the issue of land rights has been largely ignored. Even though Canada was the first country to establish a Truth and Reconciliation Commission for Indigenous Peoples, without resolving the conflicts around land in a fair and collaborative manner, real reconciliation will be difficult to achieve. The Land Rights and Reconciliation Workshop sought to meet three core objectives, to provide an open platform for Indigenous people to voice their views on land, self-governance, and an appropriate relationship between the Canadian state and First Nations peoples, to explore ways of indigenizing political theory, both in its conceptual framework and its methodologies, and to promote respectful and reciprocal collaboration between Indigenous and non-Indigenous scholars. We invite you to engage with us in these objectives through the following six episodes of our podcast, Indigenous Land Rights and Reconciliation. The Indigenous Land Rights and Reconciliation Project is funded by the Government of Canada's Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council and Forskningsgradet, the Research Council of Norway. We would also like to thank the Department of Political Studies and the Centre for the Study of Democracy and Diversity at Queen's University and Globalizing Minority Rights at UIT, the Arctic University of Norway, for their sponsorship and organizational support. Special thank you to CFRC Kingston for their assistance in coordinating this podcast and to traditional artist Patty Kusterock. <laughs>